I don't even know what episode number this is. I've lost track of the numbers as well. But it's, I know it's the second one of the year. I was going to say we could call it episode one because it's the first time I'm here. Okay. That, so, episode J1. Yeah, that, that J1. ladies and gentlemen, is the voice of Introduce Yourself, My Friend. Um, I'm Jaws, also known as Sam, Baby Shark. You know, whatever you want to call me. What do you call me? Baby shark. Do, 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 do. Can we not? <laughs> I don't. I don't know why I even brought it up. How you doing? I'm good. I've I've been hanging out with you guys in your studio for the last. I know. As, as we were just saying, as we were just saying off off the mic, that we pretty much discussed everything. We should have just let, let mics roll the whole afternoon. I mean, that's how it always happens. I, I feel like is you know I'll be sitting with someone and we have this incredible conversation about so much stuff that you wish you had recorded and then the second that the that the the, the red light goes on Every, everyone everyone locks up yeah yeah but i do my own radio show on Sirius XM if oh, yeah. you guys want to check it out we will can we um, be guests I, mean, we, we I don't care ask. about you guys i don't care about you guys i'm talking to your fans that could potentially be my fans <laughs> all right okay this oh, you're is plugging? All, you're plugging this is all a gigantic advertisement cuz we don't have Sirius in this country no. yeah oh you don't no. No. but we're on uh apple podcasts and that kind of stuff. It is a podcast. There is you it? go. Look, it's All a right. podcast. There we go. Um, but my point was, I'm I'm comfortable enough being in front of the mic, so we'll 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 be able to talk about some. So cool we can stuff. stream a conscious. So what have you been up to? You're touring at the moment. Yeah, um, just got wrapped with uh, London last Friday. We did Printworks, oh, biggest yeah. biggest headline outside of America. Printworks is sick. What do you think it? of What do you think of the venue? It was it was nuts, man. It's like the way that I explain it to American people who have never been to Printworks or they've never seen it is it's like when I saw Printworks, it was what I always imagined a rave would be in like, like my a world. warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. Like a dark, grimy, grimy yeah. warehouse yeah. that just goes until you can't see anymore. Yeah. It's like, it's, it is the quintessential fucking rave. Yeah. It is so good. It's good in there. It's quite. I thought it'd be quite narrow, but it's well. They have two rooms. Yeah. So I played the live room, which is the the wider room. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the one we did. I think. Yeah, yeah. probably because the the narrower room, like it's it is narrow. It really is. <laughs> it's like a train track, train tunnel. Yeah, it looks sick from the pictures though, because you literally can't see people. At you know back. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like you were only seeing like the first half of the crowd. Um, but I think especially for me, um, the and probably for you guys too, doing the, the wider room was much better. You get more production. I haven't more. even seen the other one. I haven't seen the other one. I think that had closed down that night. And we ended, yeah. up, we ended up there later for drinks, just once all the lights had come on. Do you remember? It was like oh, yeah. a really narrow tunnel. And our ex-manager was, was DJing. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was the one. So what brings you to London apart from Printworks? What are you doing? Um... You know, I just hate America, so I just apart I just, from coming to see us. Yeah, no, that that's really what it was. Is I just uh, I've actually been camped outside your studio for the last three days, just hoping you guys would show up, and we didn't. <laughs> um, no, but uh, yeah, I've been here. I mean, I have a couple shows on the weekend. I have a uh, Cardiff and uh, Newcastle, but um, I'm I'm here trying to get in the studio and do things and uh, make up for my. Computer that caught on fire. Uh, yeah. Tell what, so what happened? Um, so I I like I don't know about you guys, but for the last couple of years, I've traveled with two laptops. I've traveled with the like a DJ laptop that has yeah, all my same. record box stuff, yeah, and then a production laptop. And uh, 
the newest iteration of the MacBook Pro just came out with a four terabyte hard drive. Is that the, mm-hmm. like the i9, the new yeah, processor? Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I got like the super torqued out like craziness. Um, yeah, the i9, 16 gigs of RAM, all this crazy shit, four terabytes. The four terabyte hard drive alone was an extra $2,000. Fucking hell. But it was worth it in my mind. Because I was like, now I can just travel with one laptop. And, and you don't have to plug in a peripheral drive. And I don't have to plug in a peripheral yeah. drive. And now that I only have one MacBook, I can bring my gaming PC on the road. <laughs> um, yeah, the way I swung it to my wife was I was like, yeah, I'll only have one laptop. My backpack will get way lighter. But then in my head, I'm like, well, I'm just going to replace that second laptop with a different laptop. But yeah. that's that's neither here nor there. But um, so I, I it was it was right after Christmas. I was at my wife's family's house. I ordered the laptop. He got there like the next day. I took both laptops and transferred everything onto the new one. And then- Because it's Christmas, I have this vision of you opening it like a present. Oh, 100%. Yeah. (laughs) And that's why I did it. You know, I was like, oh, cool. It's like a present. And then, uh, so I transferred everything over and then I immediately sent the two old laptops back to Apple because they'll do trading credit. You know, I got like 3,000-ish- for both laptops together, which is not bad. So they get they give you that money when you trade them in. Yeah. Oh, shit, I, I didn't, didn't know, know they did that. God, I've yeah. got so many of them sitting at home. Yeah, but like the older shitty ones will be like 85 bucks. These were like basically brand new. Right. You okay. know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all you do is you go on this website. I can't remember what it's called. Um, with the laptop specifically, you can't just go into store. They'll send you a box. Um, and once you like put in your like serial code and shit on the website, it'll tell you about how much you'll get back. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's worth doing. I mean, you'll get them out of your house, but anyways, so I did that, sent the computers off. And then after Christmas, uh, we, what did I do? Like, holy ship. And like maybe a couple other things. I was just bouncing around. Uh, we were about to move house, all this stuff. And I just never thought to back up the computer cause it was two weeks old. Two weeks old. So, and the other ones that you sent off obviously had nothing because I wiped them because right. that's what you have to do when you send in a laptop. Right. But no, no other backups or anything. No. Um, so uh, Matt cannot receiving them with all your porn on it and stuff. It's just no. Yeah, that's that's com- not an option. Completely blank. Okay. Go yeah. Ahead. I mean, the FBI can probably still get that shit if they really want. But you know, with, so, yeah, the data, yeah. data mining forensics or whatever and samples. And- well, I wish they could have data fucking mined my computer back because I lost all the memory on that. So okay, so. What happened is I was working on a remix, went to bed, woke up in the morning. It was like, oh, I wonder if it sounds as good as I remember it sounding. And I go to turn on my laptop, black screen. Oh, okay, that happens. Try everything under the sun to turn it back on, and it was gonzo. And I took it to like Apple and like a million other stores, and they were like, you only can bring it to this one place called Drive Savers, which ironically is located where I grew up for whatever reason. I don't know, but they are the world's best data recovery. I've heard of them. Yeah. Yeah. They do a bunch of shit with the government. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Like when they are the only ones that can get shit when other people can't and they literally, their office is like a block from my dad's house. It's really weird. Um, So they they were saying it was a hard drive issue. No, 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 no. They were saying that the logic board was fried. Right. And because the new MacBooks have all the parts soldered to the logic board, you can't just God, pop yeah. the solid state off anymore. God damn it. It's so frustrating. Um, so I sent the computer into drive savers 
and I paid for, or I was going to pay for, because if they can't recover anything, you don't pay anything, which is nice. But I was going to pay for the expedited recovery time, which was one day, and it was going to be yeah. like four thousand, five thousand dollars. Fix my shit now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But the thought process is, if you have one song on there that ends up becoming a real thing, that five thousand dollars is paid yourself. for. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or yeah, in dividends, you know, really. Um, so they were supposed to give me an answer one day after I sent it in. It took them two weeks and they like had to order extra parts, all this crazy shit. And they were like, dude, your computer is toast. Wow. Yeah. There was nothing they could do. Did they say what happened or it just, they, they said either I got a lemon or it was a power surge. And how do you have a computer fry on a power surge if it's plugged into a power surge protector? So it's just a real bad Mac. So it's just a real bad Mac. I've I've had I've had duds before yeah. from Apple. It's like, it's not it's not unheard of. Yeah. But it's just when you pay like seven grand for a new computer, yeah, top shit. of the line, like so I've never I've never had that happen in my life. Did they replace it or um I'm still in the process of figuring it out because I didn't order it from Apple, I ordered it from this company called B and H. Yeah. If you're familiar. Nope. They're like a huge photo video uh tech company in New York and so they're a reseller. Uh they're they're like a Mac authorized seller. But the cool thing is, like, if you go through Apple to get a computer of that specification, it normally takes weeks. But with B&H, it's next day shipping because they, like, pre-buy them customized because they know that their professional customers want them and, like, immediately. Yeah. Right. So, and and it was, like, it was even on sale, I think. I can't remember. It was, like, a Christmas thing. So I was, like, fuck it, I'm going to do it. And um, so now I have to deal with them to try to return the laptop and get my money back for it. Because I've obviously already bought a new computer from Apple this time um, because I, so, I had so to keep how, working. How far back did you have you gone now? What's, how far back is a step? A year's worth or? year and a half probably. So a year and a half worth of uh, new stuff. New yeah. Stuff. I mean, it's cool. It's like lit, it's lit a fire under my ass, yeah. you know, so to speak. Like I've written a ton of music since I got my new computer. Um, but there was a lot of stuff on there, like hip hop beats and like instrumental songwritery stuff that um, we were actually gonna like use when we came out here for all these sessions with you know songwriters, um, and that sucks. But you know, it's also I, I'm one of those people who kind of believes in the the universe kind of directing you where you're supposed to go, and I have a feeling that you know I. I don't know about you guys, but I like when I have like a hundred projects that are like halfway finished, I can't do anything new. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have so much stuff that I feel like I need to finish and you're like, you're, you're tied down to them. And now that they're all gone, I'm just like back in like, you know, a hundred, a hundred miles an hour, like straightforward. It is kind of liberating. I mean, we had that same sort of thing happen at like the very beginning of Pendulum. That's how Pendulum started. Yeah. And we just like had a hard drive crash, lost like two, three years worth of stuff. Oh, wow. And just to have, just to have like nothing that you can rely on, have to make everything, everything from scratch, it's, it's kind of uh, opens itself to thinking of new sounds, yeah. going in a new it's direction. It's like a rebirth. Yeah. You know? It's kind of cool. Yeah. That's like one of the things that the, they would teach us at Icon, you know, because um, if you're not familiar with that is, Icon Collective is uh, the music school that me and Kezo Nightmare Slander, tons of kids went to in LA. It's so a pretty cool a, spot. A Steve Dude is a lecturer there. Yep. Dubstep he University. Was, yeah. Dubstep University. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, Amazing. But outside of the technical stuff, there was a, a one of the big classes is all about like your your mental state 
and being a real creative person. And uh, really the class is about learning how to let go and understanding that creativity is like just about as much about, you know, destroying things that you create as it is creating them. You know yeah, what I mean? Yes. Wish we had these. Wish we went to Dubstep University, Rob. Yeah, my, my audio college <laughs> didn't go that deep. Yeah, this is a compressor. Um, if it, you turn the threshold down, the sound will get more squashed. So, uh, and that concludes your three-week tour. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and that's why I went to Icon as opposed to like you know the other. There's a lot of great schools in LA for music, but most of them are very technical, and they're also about the old school methods yeah, of recording yeah. and mixing and mastering music. I mean, um, most most sort of audio places go through that stuff, I guess, but like going into the uh, psychology of it and yeah. creative creative sides is, is kind of cool. So when you say the letting go part, is that also sort of down to like letting go of a song when it's finished? Yeah, or like an I mean? idea, like, an idea. Yeah, that like knowing when something is done, and no matter what you do to it, you're not going to make it any better, and just like accepting that it is where it is, um, which is something I I think we all still struggle with. I definitely still struggle with it, even though I was taught yeah. to try to avoid it. Um, but it's also like you know, if you have an idea and you think the idea is the best, but you just can't figure it out, like you have to just like learn how to throw it away and move on and move on that's, um, some, that's some good skill sets right there yeah yeah so so if you're working on something and you've been doing it for like two months you're sure it's fucking it's gonna be great but you show it to people and they're like eh, not too sure but you know in your fucking head that it's gonna work do you just tend to leave it or do you keep hammering forward um i don't know uh it's really weird because half of me like really relies on other people's input on certain things because I think as creative people, um, we aren't afforded that third-person perspective on a record. So something I think is amazing really might not be that amazing and something that I think is shit might be, actually be really cool. Um, so normally when I'm in the studio, like at home, I'll have at least one of my friends just like sitting behind me working on their shit so that I at least have like a sounding board. You know yeah, what I mean? yeah. Um, and also, I mean, that at the same time for me is really just like, I feel like a lot of people like to be like secluded when they, when they write music, I'm the polar opposite. I like grew up my whole life with like, you know, writing music with like all my friends on our laptops at like a circle table, you know? And so now when I try to write music by myself and like, I'm alone with my thoughts, I like freak out. That's that's kind of like like Sunny, isn't it? Yeah, it's the same yeah. sort of thing. Sunny yeah. likes to have people around, which yeah. is so alien to me because I've I've always worked best if I'm just like dark room, no one around for I, miles. I, I'm literally the polar opposite. Like I I want windows, white walls, bright lights. I want people around who aren't even doing anything with music <laughs> and just like hanging out. Like honestly, some of the best records that I've written are in situations where like I was just sitting on the couch on Ableton and like my friends were sitting there playing FIFA. And like everyone was just like doing their thing, but I was like around other people, you know? And I don't know what it is about that, like um It might it might sort of play into things like aspects of personality, like introversion, extroversion right, and stuff. Right. Um I think it's really that I just like I hate being alone with my own thoughts. <laughs> do you like do you like drinking or smoking anything when you when you write? You smoke no, weed? Anything? No, not anymore. I used to a lot. Um, Did you find it helped or 
I don't think I found it did anything. Um, I think I was just high all the time. <laughs> I mean, like I grew up. I grew or? up in California. That's like yeah. it's kind of the norm. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, I I don't. I literally hardly ever smoke weed anymore. Like ever. Um, yeah, I'm not too much of a fan. The the one thing I I do like it for is just recently. <laughs> Occasionally, perspective. If you're working on a track, and you don't know how the fuck it's going, and you just yeah, no, that's yep, yep, yep. It just puts you in like a third frame of mind. Yeah, you're just like oh, it's a piece of shit. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem with it. It's whack. Yeah, yeah, no, that's so. But that is also completely misleading because it can be depending on the kind of weed you smoke, depending on the mood you're in, depending on how much food you had that day. So many different factors. You're gonna get a completely different high, and you're either gonna have the paranoid high where you listen to something and you're like, "This is garbage. I should quit music," <laughs> or you're gonna be in like that, like positive. Everything. Is I'm a fucking, genius. Yeah, and you're literally gonna be like, "This is the sickest thing I've ever created in my life. I should pay myself a million dollars right now." <laughs> well, I mean, we we very 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 rarely smoked, but there was a few times in the past where. Just for the this for the sake of it, for perspective, we went and smoked, and it did give us really good perspective on where something was heading. Right. So I guess we tried to recapture that again. Yeah. No. It's it's it's. I mean, once I stopped smoking weed, like full stop, I would definitely try to utilize weed in that way, where it kind of like if you're stuck in a rut, it helps you get out because you just like you're almost like a different person. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but now at, at this point, like, it's not even that I don't like weed. It's just I've never, every time in the last, like, I can't tell you how many months or years even, someone offers me a joint or something, I just say no out of instinct. Like, there, I have zero desire to be high anymore. Yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I don't know what you think, but, like, personally, I think weed's not, a great drug for self-esteem. That might just be my reaction to it. But like, you know all the oh, thoughts. I agree. I agree. You, you know all the thoughts in your head that go like, I mean, whatever you're doing at any point in a project, there's always a, like a voice at the back of your head going, "Come on, man, you don't really know what you're doing." Like these other guys right, are way right. better than you. What the fuck are you doing? Well, and so that's exactly why I don't work alone. Because when I'm by myself in a box, all of those thoughts just pour out, and it might be something to do with like the fact that I have crazy ADHD. Or whatever it is, but like when people are around, like those thoughts don't go even away. Damn, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, um, but on the on the weed side, I think that weed affects everyone differently, and especially at different part, parts of your life. Yeah, you know, I think for some people, they would probably argue that weed drowns all of those thoughts out of their head. And they can just like, because some people I know, they get so focused. Yeah, there's like high functioning people yeah. who just Yeah, like off. they literally like, it's like taking Adderall or something and they just like stare at the screen and that's all they can see. And I've had that, I've had those experiences, but if I had a hundred of those experiences, I've had 10 million experiences where I smoke and I forget where I am and what I'm doing <laughs> and I go sit on the couch and just like, like... It got to the point where, like, I would smoke weed and, I, like, I would get home from tour, right? And I'd be like, oh, man, I can't wait to, like, smoke weed on the couch with my friends and play video games. But then we would get high and we wouldn't even be able to play video games. So we would just <laughs> sit there and be high, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, like, I was just like, oh, they'd be like, oh, you want to play video games? I'd be like, I'm going to be trash right now. I can't even move my thumbs. Like, why am I going to Is that because play- the strength just got through the roof in, in California? Well... I mean, probably, <laughs> but yeah, now I enjoy smoking like CBD, 
You know, like I, I still enjoy the act of smoking weed. I just don't want to get high. Yeah, fair and enough. I feel like such a fucking adult saying that, but like, <laughs> whatever, you know, ever to to each their own. You know what I mean? No, I kind of, I kind of feel the same way. Yeah, I see. I mean, when you got shit to do, like the next day you've got to get on a plane to to China, and you've got to get in the studio. You've got a, a window of opportunity to get some work done. You know, we we call the next day like green tarted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah the the weed hangover for sure. Um, uh, what was I going to say? It's like a, that was my problem is that I was smoking weed so frequently that my green tardedness, <laughs> um, just never like went away and they were just compounding on each other. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was like, you would wake up in the morning and feel like shit. A compound hangover. Damn. Yeah. But for like four years. <laughs> damn. Yeah. Um, You're lucky though, because I, I, I find for some people, you, it kind of never goes away for them. You, you know, like, <laughs> like heavy stoners that have been on it for like ten years, they're always a bit uh, kind of, and they're not even getting high anymore, maybe, but they're still kind of functioning on a. Yeah, there's there's something else going on there because I smoked a, my fair share of weed, man. Like, yeah, yeah, and I never like that is like a. I don't want to speak for other people, but in my opinion. That is a personal choice. Like you went down that rabbit hole and you never came back. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe that's the person you always were. Yeah. You that's know the what thing I mean? is you never really know if that person's just always been just stonery to begin with. Well, that's that's more frightening, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I mean, so like not that I was like green tarted per se when I was before I started smoking weed but like before I did when I'd be in high school because I had a group of friends that all smoked weed because everyone smoked weed in California especially northern California um my teachers would always call me out for being high in class and I'd never smoked weed in my life and it was like my eyes get bloodshot a lot and I don't know. I was also a bad student. So, <laughs> I mean, I guess you put those two together and it's just, they think I'm high in class all the time. So they were just assuming that you were. Yeah. Yeah. When like my buddies next to me who were actually high in class would never get called out for it. Like I was the scapegoat <laughs> and it was so yeah. frustrating. Um, so, I mean, by that logic, maybe, maybe those people, you know, are just, that's just who they are. And the weed just maybe accentuates it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like Cheech and Chong. Yeah. I, w- I would argue that there are probably other substances that you could do on a regular basis that would probably melt your brain into... Methamphetamine. A- that, that'll do it. I was thinking more like psychedelics, <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've tried I've tried a few. I've tried writing on a, a lot of stuff and there's there's not much that's actually useful. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've heard that people like like if they take mushrooms or something, they're like, dude, it's like the best way to write. I, I don't, I don't buy it. Dude, acid, I couldn't even work out how to figure out how to work a fucking operating system. I was yeah. Just, I could barely work out how to play some fucking music to listen to, let alone operate. Yeah. Uh, able to. Yeah. yeah. Just- I mean, I think, so I think the thing with psychedelics is a, if you're, if you're using them as a crutch to become creative that is like a that is a downward spiral yeah, you are yeah. never going to come out of um cuz i had friends um or acquaintances i guess um 
who were when we were younger wanted to be painters or other kinds of like actual artists you know not musicians and they would kind of rely on psychedelics to give them ideas or you know paint on psychedelics or whatever and they'd be like you know oh well this is just what i do and it's like okay but like that's not sustainable you're gonna lose the plot yeah yeah but i do think there is something to be said for you know, going and taking a tab and having a great day running around. And then, you know, like for me, it's like a once every six months kind of thing. Yeah. It kind of like, you know, the first time you you do acid, they say it like opens up that extra pathway, gives you that 10% of your brain or whatever. Yeah. Um, And then every time after that is kind of just like almost like a, it's like a, like a, like you're going in to like check your car after six months. You know what I mean? They just kind of like knock the mud out. Yeah. I mean, I find it useful as a thing, as long as you can take it and then, you know, take something away from it and yeah. not use it as a crutch. I think that's useful. But doing it all the time is a slippery slope, I what, think. What do you think of the people that like in Silicon Valley that microdose and that? Do you reckon I think that, that shit is ridiculous. Do you think it's legit? Or? I don't fucking care. <laughs> I don't care if it's making you a super saiyan. I don't think that, whatever. I... I'd, Apparently, but it it makes you more. Uh, it did. Uh, it makes you more pretentious. There was like there was like upside. They did some study into it, and they had like it had upsides and downsides. Like it, it's increased. I would really hope that they found that it had some downsides because yeah. there's no way if it was that big. Like then, like why not put like LSD into a pill into a daily that you take every day, just the same way that people take opiates every day, like or like. Uh, like, I think a better alternative to microdosing is like nootropics, if you know what those are. Yeah. Um, because like those aren't like if you take too much nootropics, they're not going to make you trip balls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they're not actually like causing your brain to like. I mean, who knows what they're doing? To be fair, but like, to me, that seems much more reasonable than like cutting up a piece of paper and being like, I'm just going to take a tiny bit of acid. Like, <laughs> and then go to work at Microsoft or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I think they were saying it increased like spontaneous creativity, but also increased like levels of anxiety. Well, I would Everyone. imagine. So, yeah. Yeah. And then, and then if it's increasing your anxiety, then you're starting to take Xanaxes at night to calm yourself down. And then you're yeah. getting too addicted to the Xanaxes. So then you need to up your dosage, micro dosage, and then you're literally either just tripping or zanned out all day. That fuck that. Yep. Dude, the fucking it's crazy how big that that opiates problem is in the states. Like, is Xanax an opiate? I don't know. I think no. that's just antidepressant. Yeah, no. Whatever. Opiates are like uh, oxycodone, oxy and uh, oxycodone. Do you shit. do you see a lot of that in our scene? In, no, in, a, in on your side of the pond. No, no, no. Um, I saw a lot of it when I was a kid. Um, where I grew up was like, you know, the prime location. You know, parents with money who are, you know, either taking them themselves or just, you know, never home. Just leave them in the medicine cabinet. Um, I mean, yeah, the the ease of access to shit like that where I grew up was, and I never did them. I'm, I'm actually like allergic to, to pain medicine. Like Vicodin makes me puke. That's lucky. I'm, I, that's what, that's how I, I mean, no, because I only took Vicodin because I had to, because I got all four of my wisdom teeth taken out. Right. Yeah. 
Um, so I didn't feel very lucky then <laughs> when I was puking with fucking cotton swabs in my mouth and bleeding out of my mouth. It did. It was. It. No, that doesn't sound fun. But having no. the, having a predisposition to not even be able to get hooked on. Yeah, yeah. I have to get that done soon. All, f- all, four. all four. Yeah. What? Damn. Yeah. Just like, now? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? Well, I, I did it when I was seventeen. I know, but like in seeing. In England, it's kind of they're of the opinion that look, look, if you're not in pain, then fucking don't worry. I know, like in the states and Australia, it's like okay, well, we'll proactively doing him in high school, yeah, take them out. But over here, it's like okay, well, is it causing you pain? No, we'll just leave it. I think that is that is that why there's the like the the um, what's the word I'm looking for the the stereotype. That British people's teeth are just fucked. Oh, th- th- there's an inherent fear of the dentist in this country. It's it's I've it's taken a few years of living here to discover it, but like people are terrified. I love the dentist when I was growing up. It was like, you know, it was it just felt like your teeth were fixed. I mean, I'm I'm not sure if it's that, but in the you know in the in this country especially, there's like um, on NHS and like socialized medicine, there's a huge thing of like, do your teeth function? Are you in pain? Well then, that's fine. Like the the look of them, who gives a fuck? But as long as they're like right, so then healthy. so then that is kind of the thing. Yeah, it's like yeah. their teeth might be relatively healthy, but they're all fucked up, and it's just like okay, cool, on you go. Yeah, but yeah. as long as they're healthy, they don't really mind. Which um, whereas Australian America, there's an aesthetic to yeah. it as well. That's that's slowly changing over here. You know. Probably yeah, that, the, the stereotypes probably. I would I would hope that it's changed in the last two hundred and fifty fucking years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's let's play a song instead of talk about what Garth was just about to talk about. What were you talking about, Garth? Well, you never know. All right.
discussing the drums, whether they might be synthesised. So that's so that's for people that don't know. That that's a bit of a thing in drum and bass right now with a lot of the younger kids. Is wait, can we start with whose record that was? Sure, that was uh, Mephius and Uneasy Break Remix. So that's definitely he's he's one of those guys that yeah, did, yeah. That, that makes everything from scratch. Yeah. And well, I don't know. That was a Break Remix, so it's, it's probably Breaks Drums. Um, Good drums. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure if he synthesizes stuff, but. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a huge thing. I mean, the, basically the the way you do it is you clear three weeks of your schedule, <laughs> and then you agonise over a fucking snare drum envelope for uh, for weeks in in multiple layers. Or can you get it all done with the multiple layers? That's just long, man. Just get a sample. Well, that's why I've that's why I've started doing kicks. But that's also the reason that Knife Party hasn't fucking released anything in years. <laughs> so uh, so what you what do you, what's your opinion on the on that on that amount of snobbery? Um, well, so in a in a similar but different way, when I was younger and I was going to Icon at the very beginning, and I was still prescribed Adderall. Um, those were good days. Those days. Well, it was it was uh, you know, I I I would say that I functioned as a human much better when I was taking Adderall, but I stopped because my creative process was just a fucking wreck. Um, so you were doing a lot of housekeeping in the project, but not actually writing in the. Project. I wasn't even doing a project. It was like I would sit and EQ a kick drum, like, like, like how people like joke, like, oh yeah, like I was EQ a kick drum for seven hours. I literally did that. <laughs> I literally because it was also back in a time where I didn't understand the the relation of like you know a kick drum to the rest of a song and how that would change the sound of the kick. Right. I thought that if a kick sounded perfect on its own, you would put it in the track and then it would sound perfect in that track. And basically what I was doing is I was scooping all the mids out of, which to be fair, I still do to basically everything. I scoop the mids out of everything because the mids just sound like fucking ass <laughs> in everything. Always. I love mids. I've heard, a lot of people, I've heard a lot of people say that recently. Like Muzzy said the same thing. He's always like... He'll bring up a channel and just instantly like scoop out 500 hertz or like... I do like a thousand. Yeah. Depending. Especially if it's a vocal track because vocals will generally sit like the the intelligibility of the vocal. Oh, so like, you're bringing parts out to make other parts fit. So like the, well, the jigsaw well, puzzle. That's what I'm doing now is like I've I've learned to understand that some things need to have their mids Yeah, and like learn what things I can cut the mids out of to really let other things shine. Um, but, you know, back in the day, I would, like, cut all the mids out of a kick because, again, I came from metal, right? So, you know, in metal, and it's ironic now, knowing what I do know about producing and whatever and going back and listening to metal records, but I pictured these metal kicks in my head as these gigantic, like, the perfect like white noise click on top and just like this huge like you know like bang on the bottom and I was like yeah like I'm gonna do that for my EDM kicks and um, I would like make them sound super powerful and gnarly but then the second you put them in a song they're gone yeah, yeah. literally eliminated um, or I would just have to mix the kick like eight decibels higher than the entire mix and then you just know? destroy headroom because well, I mean, the, the reason that works in metal is because you know there's not a lot of guitar energy up that high, so it yeah. can go that high. But with synths and shit, it's kind of hard to get. Yeah, well, and like, and and like, 
a, a bass guitar is rolled off essentially at like 60 plus hertz. Yeah. So all the low end is really coming from that kick. Yeah. So the, basically where a kick is going to live in metal is anywhere but the middle, yeah. you know, because everything else is there. The the bass is there, guitars are there, vocals uh, are there. So like, yeah, like you're going to get a click and you're going to get a a thunk. Thud? Thunk? Thump? Thump? Thunk. But don't get it. Thunk. Thunk is good. Yeah. Okay. A, me- a metal thunk. Yeah. Um, but in dance music, it's so different, you know, because you have huge sub basses. You have all your mid basses. You have everything to fill the entire frequency spectrum. Mm. And your your drums are essentially the things that you have to figure out how to wiggle in. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, depending on who you are, you know, unless you're like a tech house DJ and like, you know, the drums is the, the beginning. Yeah. The drums are all there is. And then everything else, like if you, if you look at like a, like a real, like, like, let's say like Patrick Topping, right. I, who I love, I love his records, but like, if you look at them in like record box or something, the kick is like everything. And then even if there's a vocal, it's like, you know, yeah. a, a third of the height of the kick. And when you hear it in context, it sounds great, but like it's it's just like way too dynamic for me. Like I could never play that or like I have tried playing Patrick Topping records in my set and I normally have to turn the gain so fucking far to get it to match with like the level of our ridiculous the loudness EDM was, yeah. Yeah, masters. Yeah, we've been looking at a lot of techno lately, and it's a similar kind of thing. It's very driven by, you know, just the fundamental is the kick. Even to the point where they're even tuned into the fundamental on the kick as well. Mm -hmm. Do you do anything like that? Um, I've only started recently tuning my kicks just because someone I was working with tuned their kicks. And I was like, really? Like, I I thought that died with Big Room. And and they were like, no, man, like... (laughs) It was, uh, it was, uh, it was, oh, what's his face? Summer Camp. Mm. New, uh, speaking of Tech House, makes great techie music. His, his mixes, though, are more, um, more modern, I would say, where they're still pretty dynamic, but, um, they definitely, um, like one thing I noticed with a lot of Tech House records is like either the basses are all sub or they're almost like a bass guitar. Where they're kind of the kick is taking the the brunt of the low end action, and then the 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 sub line is more of like a real bass line where you're hearing it for the melody and the context, and not for it to be like you know yeah. what I mean. Big room style, yeah, but not big room style because that that would be like a. <laughs> That's a good. That was good, right? You can sample that if we you recorded want. that. We'll sample that one. Yeah. yeah. In fact, someone make a remix of that and upload it. We'll play. You could actually show. probably make a sick tech house record with that if you just looped it and like put a little bass right. bass note on it. Email your submissions to the Knife Party Twitter account, and we'll uh, yeah. Email them to the Twitter account. A- email them to the Twitter account, and then we'll vote on them. You would think that we haven't had enough coffee, but we've actually all had way too much caffeine. Dude, it doesn't affect me. Well, actually, it does if I stop drinking it, but I can't. Like. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm the same way. I uh, again going back to the ADHD thing. Um, one of the things that I learned about ADHD before I got tested for it is that a surefire way to know if you have it at like a chemical level 
um, is that caffeine adversely affects you as it would a normal person. So like I can take a shot of espresso and go to sleep. You know? <laughs> yeah, same, same. Yeah, so you probably have an inkling of ADHD. Mm. Really? I definitely do. Well, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like, it's no shock. Pretty much everyone who's a musician has some sort of it is, yeah. fucking... Pretty common. Yeah. But it's, uh, I basically, I can't remember why the fuck I was, uh, I like experimented with cutting out caffeine. That's we, right, we did a podcast. And we did a podcast. And I was so, what's a politically correct word that I won't get in trouble for using? Uh, um, subdued. Subdued. Uh, I mean, subdued was an understatement. You yeah, could, you could barely lift your head and arms. Like pants on head, <laughs> out of the out of the picture. Really? Yeah. I'm not. I don't think I'm that bad. I might be, but uh, I never go long enough to find out. And, and this is like this is like not. It's, so it's not as if I quit like coffee and then came in two days later or something. This is like like a week or two afterwards. Oh, and I'm still a mess. Wow. How did you get on that long? Uh, I can't remember why you were trying it, but I, I'm pretty sure it was an important reason. Yeah, no, I was having stomach pains and stuff, and I read like on the internet that it, you know on WebMD that it was you know either yeah. cancer or, or coffee or AIDS. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the re- the reasoning behind it, I was like, okay, well that makes sense. So I'll get, just give it a try. I mean, it's just caffeine, right? What can go wrong? And Jesus Christ, never again. Um, was it the acidity from the coffee? Um, they were saying it was. They th- thought it was the caffeine somehow. The caffeine itself. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Uh, which apparently like speeds up. I don't know. Affects the nerves of the gut in some way. Right. So. Huh. Fuck knows. Are you are you a coffee snob, or do you just drink? What do you what do you drink? Like, sn- what were you what were what were you talking about? I was not caffeine powder off a dick. I was I was gonna say that stuff that they get out of the sewer in, oh, in yeah. China. Yeah. Yeah. You know how like alcoholics. Like if there's just like a tiny bit of whiskey and a tiny bit of wine, oh, fuck it, mix them together. That's me with caffeine. I don't care what it is. Yeah, see, I'm the, I'm the opposite where I am that dependent, but I'm also such a fucking snob. Like it's it's really sad to say because I have such a personal vendetta against Starbucks. You didn't you had a didn't you have a bit of a showdown with Starbucks? No, they never responded to anything. It was just <laughs> I made a completely logical suggestion. And the social justice warriors of the world crawled out of their own assholes to uh, to tear me a new one. Wait, what? What was the suggestion? Yeah, run, run us, run, run us so, by again. Uh, to to uh, uh, what's the word? I'm recap. Yeah, to recap briefly, what I said was that, and fair, to be fair, I probably worded it wrong, <laughs> like we all do. Like we all do. Um, I said that Starbucks should create a quote-unquote professional lane for adults That's right, that people... drink professional fucking coffee because and... I'm sick of standing behind Kathy and 12 <laughs> of her fucking cheerleaders when they're all getting mocha frappa fucking unicorn fucking dicks. Because it takes too long. It takes so long. Yeah. And I get a cold brew. And all that requires is that they take it out of the fridge and pour it in a cup and give it to me. You know what I mean? So like, what what you should have said is you wanted an express line. Yeah. But not That would have been that would have been just as bad. But you want to hear yeah, some funny shit? People were calling you out saying it was elitist, but what, what the point you wanted to make was It is elitist though. It is. It is. I agree. But it's also true. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like 
if I'm an adult who drinks adult coffee and you're 45 and you still drink fucking a frappuccino that has a list this long of all the things <laughs> you need to do to it to make it perfect for you, then go over there. Was it because you're a child? Was it? Was it? <laughs> The fact that we're maybe people getting confused and they, they thought you were saying like what we need is like an express line for like, so Jaws and Diplo and... Yes, that is exactly what, they, what thought. they thought. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and, now you can and, set the record straight. Well, I was going to on the internet and then and I tried and it's just like once people have something in their head, it's yeah, just... Yeah. And you know what? I Everyone was like, why don't you take it down? Why don't you delete it? And I was like, at this point, so many people are seeing my brand who would have never before that I might as well just take it as, Boom. you know, no press is bad press, right? That's the smart thing to do. Boom. And what I don't know if I could do. Yeah. Um, I, I would be in the panic, delete. Oh, I don't give basket. a shit, dude. But, but that's, it, that's a good way to think. It so, is, isn't it mad, though, that just like, just the, the wording of something can just create a tirade? And it's not even like I said anything like, racist or sexist or anything like you just wanted to get a cup of coffee quickly i was just pissed off that i waited and i shit you not 40 minutes for a cold brew like even if there was some sort of algorithm that like helped out the baristas baristas and was like yo you have 14 crazy drinks coming up, but this dude just ordered a cold brew and it's going to take you 30 seconds. And they you pop should, it to the front of the line. You should probably do that one first. But then could you imagine how Kathy's going to react when she sees this guy walk in from behind her and get his coffee first? Yeah, but that it's, shit happens everywhere. It's basically the same as like the express line in a supermarket. Like, you know, the 15 items or less. You know, it's the, it's the same kind See, of See, that shit. would just make it so much simpler. You know, but black coffee? Self-checkout cold brew. So... There's been a development since that story. I'm I'm, I'm all ears. I was in Shanghai, and right next to the hotel I was staying in is what is called a Starbucks Reserve Roastery, which if you've never been in one... Roastery. They are fucking insane. It is like the Disneyland of Starbucks. It is like... After I went into that, I was like, okay, like I'm cool with Starbucks again. Because it is seriously (laughs) like... if If you care about coffee as much as we do, it's like... It's it's kind of like heaven on earth. There's like five different areas. Uh, there's two floors. On the bottom floor, there's like four different areas you can order coffee and like these crazy pastries, like a whole lunch menu. It sounds like Starbucks, they Disneyland. Have, yeah, no, that, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And like they have like these giant roasters, like like you know the size of your 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 floor to your ceiling here. You know, like 15, 20 feet tall. It looks incredible. Um, they did a really good job with them. They have one in, uh, there was one in Milan when I just went and one in uh, Shanghai. And they have incredible, every drink comes out perfect and amazing. And the craziest part is the one in Shanghai upstairs had a specific cold brew bar. And that's someone working that. So you could just Yeah, they had four it. people working it. Fuck. Every station had four people, but the lines were still crazy because it is seriously like an attraction. People like travel to go to it. Um but there was a there was literally a cold brew express line. Like they had already done it in their own way. You know what I mean? So now you're saying that Starbucks has got to bring this to LA. Well, they just have to bring it to their normal stores. You know, like it's these are like it's almost like they're flagships. You know what I mean? Um, if every Starbucks was a good, as good at that one as that one, that I would have no issue with Starbucks. You know what I mean? I mean? You heard it here first, kids. Yeah. 
Their coffee does taste weird. I don't, I don't know what it is. There's like a. Do you have bean, you? Are the beans burnt? They burn the beans. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I don't know. Yeah, no, their 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 coffee and espresso hot drinks are trash. Um, I will say I don't drink them, but my wife is obsessed with their chai lattes. Um, they do those right apparently. Um, but I started drinking Starbucks coffee again. Um, when they started doing cold brew, because cold brew is way harder to fuck up than a hot coffee. Because if you if you understand the process of it, when you're when you're pouring hot water over coffee beans like a normal you know cup like that, um, because of how quick the process is, that's why the the coffee is so acidic. And if you don't do it at the perfect like Italian temperature to get the the right flavor and acidity level. You're just burning the shit out of the beans. And that's different just like with tea. Yeah. Like the the Japanese and the Chinese tea rooms, they have different temperatures for different teas. Exactly. So what, is, what does your wife think of that plan? Because obviously if, if she was going to Starbucks, she'd be going to the other queue ordering a chai latte. Well, chai lattes aren't that crazy. No? No. I'm talking about like like your standard drinks, like a latte, cup of coffee, cold brew, espresso, like things that are manageable. You know what I mean, but like yeah. so. Let's say your thirty to sixty second bracket. Yeah, in prep time, kind of like you were saying about the fifteen items or less. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's the same concept, but um, time segregation. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, if 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 you haven't before, I would highly suggest going to a Starbucks that not only makes cold brew because all of them do now, but they do some Starbucks do uh, a nitro cold brew. Which is like if you've ever had a Guinness on a tap, super. You cool. know, it's like a, on a nitro tap. It has like that crazy uh, head of foam. It's like that, but with a cold brew. So it's mm-hmm. like without adding sugar or cream or anything, it creates this like super frothy, milky, almost like creamy, sweet black coffee. You oh, know what I mean? yeah, it's like that smooth, creamy kind of because mm-hmm. it's carbonated, isn't it? It's almost like a carbonation, it's yeah. Nit- nitrous, nitrogen infused. Nitrogen infused. I've only had one from a can. I didn't particularly like it, but it, you know, I'm guessing there's different brands. And yeah, shit. yeah. No, the and the the Starbucks Nitro is honestly better than a lot of places that I've had that are like real coffee shops. It's crazy. See, all this information is a good public service to the EDM producers industry because these people need to know this where to get the proper cold brew because all of us are so addicted to it well yeah and it's uh there's a lot of benefits drinking cold brew aside from a hot coffee like the acidity level is like like five percent better for your teeth better for your teeth and better for your stomach and it just tastes better you know what i mean right that's it i'm getting on cold brew it is mad how things can get so misconstrued on twitter and stuff man right I can't even remember the the instance, but I've had a a few where I've said something that's just been taken really the wrong way and had to had to backtrack on something I didn't even fucking mean. But uh, well, that's what happens when you're a person with strong opinions, which you are. I am too. Yeah, I don't know. I've also just people with an audience. Yeah, I've gotten I've gotten more to the point though, like where I just think like I'll type something with a strong opinion and and then delete it. Well, yeah, I just think, like, who the fuck needs to see that? Yeah. Like, really, you can either... Wow, you have grown up. Yeah, you can either have backlash and your phone blowing up from angry notifications, or I can just fucking not do that and fucking <laughs> carry on life. with my day. Yeah. yeah, 
I'd rather do that. Such a revelation as well, with, but, without having to. <laughs> but you know, that, then there's the whole school of, uh, I guess, Kanye and Deadmau5, where uh, the controversy actually just grows the profile. fuels the fire, yeah. fuels the fire, and sort of grows your profile. Yeah, well, like but, you're saying with the Starbucks thing, you were you were getting you were getting airtime. Yeah, I mean, even though it's not what you meant, I just yeah. don't need that stress in my life. Though. No, you don't. No one does. Yeah. So how was you played Holy Ship earlier in the year? Yeah. How was that? It was, holy shit. Have you done it before? Yeah. We yeah. have. We actually got a, <laughs> we got kind of removed from the lineup uh, forcibly. For what, for the, for something very similar to what we were just talking about is misconstrued, misconstrued comment. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, it was a bit mean to me uh, in retrospect, but basically. Oh, a, you, st- I remember this. There was a girl yeah. who. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was on that boat. Okay. Yeah. Jumped overboard for taking nothing acid or something. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean our, our, our album was being called Holy Ship. I mean, sorry, abandoned ship. So I, I can't. You said don't abandon ship. I said yeah, that's the opposite of what to do. And they turned yeah. around and said, look, she was pretty well liked in the Holy Ship community. And yeah. so if you guys come on and play this, it's going to be right. Fucked. So right, yeah. See you later. Yeah, no, I actually. I, she was the first person that Joanna and I met when we did the Mad Decent Boat. Shit. Yeah, it was it was pretty, and it was like oh, literally. Oh, so it wasn't a holy ship, it was a different boat. It was on Mad Decent. Um, yeah, it was pretty heavy, because like, she came up to us and was like, oh, well, we're fans, we got married on the boat last year, blah, 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 whatever. They did have a lot of friends on the boat, and then literally the next morning, it was just like. Was it handled badly by the, by the ship itself? By no. The, no, so everything stopped. Everything stopped for like at least 12 hours, 15 hours. And then it was like we got to the point as artists where we like all huddled, huddled up and we were like, if we play music, do we seem insensitive? Is it bad, yeah. in bad taste? Or have, yeah. or have we given it enough time and now the kids need something to like come together with? So the cruise was, the cruise was still going along. It was like, the first day. Right. Yeah. So did, 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 did it turn around or anything? Did anyone see her jump or...? Um, there the, were, there were, there were people in the room. Yeah. Um, I, I won't speak to what actually happened because I've only heard as many stories as there are. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, you know, two forty eight full hours on that boat with, you know, the search parties and then everyone, you know, just sitting there and mourning and then, Damn. you know, kind of trying to like get people back into like a positive uh, you know, vibe and atmosphere, and and did that work when you guys started playing again? Yeah, I mean, I think everyone the the kind of consensus was like that we play like, you know, lighthearted, fun, like kind of happy music, no crazy fucking dubstep and like any <laughs> shit like that. You know, yeah, no, nothing dark. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, that was so as someone who was there and was relatively personally affected by it. I can understand yeah. how like for, for someone from the outside, honestly what you did was not nearly as bad as like what certain publications and people whose names I won't mention wrote about it. To to be fair, at the time that I did write it, I didn't actually know that she'd died. All all I right. all I had read was like woman jumps overboard at holy ship. Right. And like in my head I'm like, okay, well they found her and there was rescue people and Yeah. Well, yeah, and when you're not a part of it, like, you don't know what's going on. 
And like, it's one thing to make a joke, yeah. you know, like you made a joke, whatever. But like, there were articles that came out that were like, you know, completely, complete misinformation from people that weren't even on the boat. Like, you know, sources claim that girl jumped off boat in twerking contest accident <laughs> and shit you. like that. And it's like, okay, like, if you're going to like, like use someone's like death as like a clickbait fucking article for your website like that that that's where i drew the line is that one of the first times that you personally got to see news unfold that you saw one side of and then saw what the media actually does to it 100 percent. yeah uh mo and i like that was like really what started our like quote-unquote beef with like that personal publication and you know, all that shit smoothed out eventually. But like there was a long time where like not only them, but like it was kind of all the publications and us kind of had like. Cause it beef. is, it, it, it does just sometimes boil down to clickbait for some of those kind of people. Yeah. And it's like, you know, their, their argument was like, Oh, that's just what we were told from people on the boat. And it's like, okay, but you're a journalist. Yeah, get your facts. Yeah, like, you know, I did journalism class in high school. Like, you don't just, like, like you hear something, you write about it, you talk to an editor, you fact check, and then you put it out. Unless you are, like, fucking TMZ, you know? See, it doesn't seem to me like they actually give a whole lot of shit about that stuff. It's just like, oh, right, here's something that could potentially be interesting. Fucking put it up. Let's go. Yeah. No, the, uh, the, the content filtering is not necessarily the best. And there are people at all of those establishments that really do care about music and putting out good content. And that's probably how they got into the, the industry in the first place. Of course. Um, but, you know, uh, with companies like that, uh, I mean, there's there's lots of great people and then there's sometimes not as great people. Um, I'm trying to be of the mindset now that I'm not on a tirade against all electronic music publications anymore <laughs> even though it, uh, some of the stuff they do sometimes isn't very helpful yeah um that's very politically correct of you well done yeah yeah well you, it, you could have slayed them but you didn't because you're the bigger man well but we we have so many times <laughs> right you know like it's like how many more times it's kind of like what we were talking about earlier yeah where it's like at a certain point they're expecting someone like me or marshmallow or or mo even to go and rip them a new asshole because then they get to play the victim you know what I mean? Like, oh man, what was that shit that just happened? It was so fucked up. Um, oh, it was the marshmallow thing. That's what it was. So whatever publication it was posted, this girl wrote an article about how she thought that, like how whack she thought it was that Marshmallow and Sudden Death made a song together that was super heavy and rhythm and like blah, 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 whatever. And her opinion is fine, right? Like her opinion is okay. Well, why did she think it was fucked up? Then? She just thought it was super whack and that he was like trying to hop on a bandwagon because rhythm is the popular thing now and yada, yada. And I didn't read the whole article, but it kind of like just detailed all these things that Marshmallow yeah. does that is are whack. Um, and, you know, if she's writing an opinion column, that's cool. But then you go to her Twitter bio and literally like everything that it says is like, I love trance and techno and house music and everything that someone who doesn't like dubstep is a fan of. Yeah. yeah. And then 
when she posted the article, she wrote on her Twitter, like, I've been waiting to roast Marshmallow for so long. I'm so glad I finally got the opportunity. Roasted Marshmallows. I get it. Ha. Um, But it's like, if you just have like this, like you're chomping at the bit to talk shit about someone, you should not be writing an article for a publication. You should be writing an opinion piece and fucking posting it on your blog or some shit. Yeah, you or know? just tweet it out. Or just tweet it out. Yeah. Um, and so Marshmallow, Mo, whatever, like fucking uh, just fuck this girl's day up, more or less. And the publication then took down the article. Damn. Which I was like, okay, word. And then the next day... They put up a Twitter thing that was like, we had to take down this article and like, like no publication or no, no management team or artist should be powerful enough to force a publication to do something and like completely played the victim. The freedom of speech victim. Yeah. 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 And I was like, wow, like they really used this to their advantage. Like they didn't try to be like the bigger person. They didn't try to apologize or nothing. They just were like... The Marshmallow Shalizi team are too powerful and our, us, a poor little blog, are helpless. And I was like, yo, are you kidding me? Like, and so then when shit like this happens nowadays, I just have to like shut the fuck up because otherwise you're giving them exactly what they want. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Agreed. They've, they've been strangely sort of uh, schizophrenic or just uh, bipolar, I guess, towards. I was like, uh, I'll write something on Twitter or we'll release a track. And I was like, 10 reasons why everybody hates Night Party's new Blood Sugar remix. Fuck Rob Swire. And then the next article is like, Rob Swire and Pendulum announced this. Absolute genius. What a fantastic guy. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, well, there's two different, <laughs> two very kinds of different well, people working on this. Because that's two different movies. people. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, there's no coherency with the editorial, I guess. They I guess do whatever. In fitting with the rest of the news now, it's like opinion pieces dressed up as news. Yep. Oh well. Let's uh let's let's throw to a song. This is a record that that I played Gaz earlier today. And that Sam wants to hear now. And he's your Just, fa- he's your favorite artist, is he? He's one of my favorite uh new dudes. He's uh I'm not allowed to say too much about him on uh the airwaves. He's he's a little uh um It's not you, is it? No, I wish. Right. If it was, I would just be like first off it would just be put out under Jaws. Right. And secondly, it would I would be like, fuck yeah, that's me. Um, <laughs> no, but for reasons that, um, you know, just he he's under the radar. Is it Marshmallow? Uh, yes. Okay. This is Marshmallow. Dance. <laughs> Dance, dance. There's some things that I can do. 
That wasn't Marshmallow for the record. That was Noizu. Noizu. Oh, my mic's flying away. Goodbye. Yeah, it'll do that. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta place that mic. Like, what is this garbage? What is this fucking shit studio? That mic sliding away reminded me of my fact of the week that I'm probably not going to tell. Just just so you guys know, I don't know if Rob and guys have ever talked about this on the show, but this is the most ridiculously luxurious <laughs> podcast setup of all time. Really? What well, about, I mean, like, maybe, maybe that- not the table itself, but just like the fact that you've turned an entire studio with like the most incredible like outboard gear and yada, 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 whatever into your personal podcast fucking <laughs> session space, like... I use a microphone and sit on my bed and talk about my radio show. All, all we did was we watched too many Joe Rogans. Yeah. And then we were like, okay, we well, to recreate Joe that's Rogan. what you need, a table. Uh, you need Jamie. I'll be Jamie. Yeah. Um, and a couple of other things. I'm just going to bend over like this, like a gremlin. <laughs> to reach the mic. We'll tighten it up for the next show. Originally, I, I did have a shark-themed game show, but I've only got three questions. That's out of the out of the question. Do you know a lot about sharks? I don't know jack shit about sharks. Well, in that, in that case, let's do a shark quiz. First up, what is the Spanish word for shark? A, apon. B, el shark. C, chicarón. Or D, tiburón. Tiburón. I, I only know man? that because I grew up in Tiburón, California. Oh. Yeah. Or at, right next to Tiburon. Is that where the Great Whites are? No, it, there's only tiger sharks. Still. And I think it's only fair if we ask Gaz oh, some questions as well. It's, okay. it's not going to be about sharks, it's going to be about hats. Okay, ask me questions about hats. About hats? Yeah. Originally, was the fedora uh, a man's hat or a woman's hat? Fedora? Um, you know, like the uh, the neckbeard choice of... Yeah, Edward. I'm going to say... I'm going to just add a guess. I'm going to say women's hat. Booyah! Did you just choose the opposite? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have a I have a fun fact about fedoras. What's it's actually that? not a fun fact. It's more of an anecdote, but... Go on. Um, it works because Gaz and I both vape. One of my friends once called... <laughs> like, yeah. like not, not like a jewel, but like a big vape. He once called a mouth fedora. And that oh it's like the most accurate depiction of like one of those big bro vapes yeah. of all time. Yeah, are those the ones with the giant tanks. Yeah. Do they, Do they call them mods or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. God, a mouth fedora. Mouth fedora. That is true. Yeah. It was like he, he, he said it to make fun of me and he was so accurate and on the point that I just like, I couldn't even be mad, <laughs> you know? It is a mouth fedora. All right. Next up. Jaws. Approximately how many different types of shark have been discovered? Oh, fuck off. <laughs> Eight, 70, 440, 680. God. Do I get to phone a friend? Here, hold up. What do you think? Ah, uh, the end was clapping. I'm going to go with uh, the 400 and something. Which is, which is A. Which is the A tuning, 440. Oh, oh I get it. But that's true. That is okay. Woo! Let's go. All right. Everyone right so far. These questions are too fucking easy, man. I mean, I guessed. Yeah, I know. We're just good guessers. We're fucking psychic as shit. <laughs> uh, is this for me? Yes. Is it a question about hats again? <laughs> I hope so. 
Okay, what type of hat? <laughs> I haven't even got the, I, haven't, I haven't got like a multi-choice lined up, so I'm gonna have to wing this. I'm just reading off a shitty like crazy hat facts website. <laughs> uh, where was a where was the Panama hat invented and made? Do you even know what a Panama hat is? No. <laughs> but give me some options and I'll guess. Should I bring up a? Should I yeah, bring show up me a picture of a Panama hat. Even though the audience can't see my googling. Um, I mean, I'll. I'll uh, describe it. Oh, I'd search for Panama. The way that's a country. Panama hat. That's a Panama hat. So okay, yeah. yeah. Wait, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. So it's a bit, a bit. That's short. exactly what I thought it was. Bit James Bond kind of. It's kind of the Michael Jackson <coughs> smooth criminal hat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Smooth it, actual actually, criminal. Actually, it, smooth it looks like actual Bruno. criminal. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it looks like a Bruno Mars hat. Yeah, Bruno Mars exactly. So, what, what isn't that a fedora? Or are they smaller? Uh, it kind of looks like a fedora. It does. I don't know the difference. It's a bigger brimmed fedora for a It's a, pa- it's a pa- Panamanian mouth fedora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, where was it invented? Uh, yes. Uh, Panama, Australia, Ecuador, or France? France. Fuck! It fuck! A, it was Ecuador. I was going to say Ecuador. Why, why France? Ecuador is at least close to Panama. Uh, I'm just pulling things out of my anus right right now. No, no, no. I'm saying why would he say France? Oh, right. Just because I just figured that maybe uh, a lot of fashion things... Well, you thought wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot. Well, then I'm one down. Now, now whenever, whenever anyone comes on the show... And they get something wrong. You should just take that sample of me right there and just have it like idiot. I, d- I do have an ant, but I don't know. Where, I don't think yeah, but idiot's bit way better. <laughs> right. Idiot. Okay, wait. Uh, well, Mike is. Say it again. Idiot. Idiot. <laughs> and that can be the sting for the, for the thing. The sting for the thing. All right, Jaws. Final question: Is it going to be a tiebreak, or is Jaws going to sweep the field? In which way are sharks different to fish? A they have eyelids B they have bones instead of cartilage C they can swim backwards as well as forwards or D smaller penis but increased libido Uh, (laughs) it's not the bones thing I don't think Um, oh actually it might be what do you get these off fucking discovery channel I feel like I've heard these questions before Maybe I do know everything about sharks. Maybe you do. Maybe you've I watched a lot of know, Shark Week. I know everything. It's self-justification now for your name. You should feel good about it. But just don't get this question right so we're even. I'm probably not going to get it right. Can you re- read me the answers one more time? Yeah. In which way are sharks different to fish? A, they have eyelids. B, they have bones instead of cartilage. C, they can swim backwards as well as forwards. Or D, smaller penis, but increased libido. I really hope it's the last one, but I'm not going to guess that. Um, I'm going to guess the swimming backwards and forwards. Yes. Fuck me. It's actually that they have eyelids. Damn. I was I was like imagining in my head videos of sharks blinking and like I, I feel like I remembered it and I was like, no, that's stupid. Oh, that's right. Because like the, the great whites turn their eyes backwards whenever they're fighting so they don't get their eyes hurt, don't they? Like, I don't know. Think about in Jaws how it always rolls its eyes back in its head. Yeah, that's a fake that's, shot. That's because they're rolling. He's rolling hard. Yeah, they just like take Molly and then they go fight each other. 
Alright, well that's that's even everyone wins. Yeah First time I've actually drawn. I usually lose. FYI. Well that was good. I prepared for that not at all. Are these SM seven Bs? Yeah. What a great mic. Good mic for screaming. What a great mic. What Listen how clear I am. What a mic. What a mic. Great mics for screaming but also whispering. Do you like that as ASMR shit? I fucking hate it. I don't it's get so it. creepy. It's the worst. My fucking manager, not Mo, but Adam, is obsessed with it. He literally, like, we're in, sitting in the Uber, like, driving places, and he's just watching videos of people cutting soap, and he's like, oh, wow, that's so crazy. <laughs> well, people cutting soap? Yeah, that's ASMR, man. Is it? I thought it was making, like, whispery sounds. I think no. it's any, anything, like, up close. And- the, the original ASMR shit was, like, the cutting soap and, like, sand, and then, like, it progressed into this really creepy, like... Videos of girls like whispering and like doing this and whatever. The thing I can't, the thing I can't stand is the mouth smacking. Just yeah, fuck. no, nothing worse than mouth smacking. Like I get annoyed when people are eating. I don't need to hear yeah. that shit. Yeah, like right up in your ears. Yeah, no, like don't like you're you're eating by yourself and you're too lonely, so you put on ASMR lip smacking while you're eating, <laughs> so it sounds like someone's eating next to you yeah. and be annoyed. Yeah, don't ever and come near me with a bowl of cereal. And then you get a boner. Have you heard of like hypnotic porn? Huh? I'd never heard. I'd never heard of, <coughs> heard of that the other day, and then I saw some article about it. And it's like, and I clicked on Elaborate. one of the videos. Well, I clicked on one of the videos. Like, okay, hypnotic porn. Let's let's have a look at what this is. Yeah, let's and get it's basically that. just just for science. Yeah, just just for science. Educational purposes only. Not not worth the time. It's like the ASMR version, but it's basically like panning left to right. With all sorts of swirling, and then you know those tones that help you go to sleep. Yeah, like they'll they'll play a different frequency on the left ear and one on the right ear. It's like that. Oh, it's shit. all audio, brainwaves. Yeah, all audio, no, no, no video. Oh, no video what? At all. Audio porn. Yeah, didn't work. I was like, what the? No, no. it was whack, whack as fuck. I'm sure, there's a market for it out there. Rule thirty four or whatever they call it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's peeps that love that shit. Yeah, there's a market for fucking anything, man. Yeah. And there's probably some people who've just watched literally everything there is to watch in in the in the porniverse, and like they literally are just like they have no other option but to go to the, the <laughs> audio hit. porn. Yeah, because they're just like I've seen it all. <laughs> I've literally watched every single one. Surely by that point they're desensitized though. Like audio porn is not going to do it. Or by that point they know what they like. Once they've seen it all. No, it's like Randy Marsh in South Park. You know when <laughs> yeah. he has to like. Yeah, it's like Brazilian fart porn, like, and it's like like two paragraphs of like what he has to search. Spooky goes. Ectoplasm. All right, I miss South Park. All right, we'll wrap it up with this. Medicine by Bring Me the Horizon. Just yes. Should we should we talk about Bring Me for a little bit? Sure. They're cool. On um, so you're a big fan of, the, of Bring Me. Yeah, well, so I think it'd be interesting for people who are fans of ours and electronic music in general to kind of appreciate the fact that most of us really came from... I, I, don't, I don't know about you guys, we but... We did, yeah. Uh, big time. Yeah, we all come from metal, you know, and whether we make house music or dubstep or whatever it is, it seems like 90% of... Um, us as as dance producers came from the metal world. And uh, it's really crazy. I mean, like, obviously Skrillex is a pretty obvious one. 
frontman of uh, 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 first to last from first to last. Yeah, um, and I mean, you know, before I did electronic music, I didn't even listen to it. I just wanted to be a metal guitarist, and I was just sick of waiting on bass players or fucking drummers. Bass players are the worst. Yeah, especially when they just get too high and just don't want to go come to practice. <laughs> um, but yeah, so and then I I started trying to record myself as a one man band in Pro Tools, and Pro Tools fucking sucks. Um, and then I found electronic music. One of my friends was making beats, and I was like, oh, so this is like you can you really can do it all yourself. Yeah. And so that's kind of what started my journey to electronic music. Um, but now going back and listening to bands like Bring Me or uh uh like uh the the Devil Wears Prada Under Oath um a lot of the like screamo bands they were so synth driven even Linkin Park to go all the way back cuz that was yeah. probably my favorite band of all time Linkin Park like to go back after you know doing what we do for so long and listen to all of those and like kind of see the like subconscious like you know like like direction that I was eventually going to go that was just being pushed by all of this music like I never even heard any of those layers in those songs until I went back right yeah you know after making music and I was like holy shit like these chords and shit are like huge and they like without it the song would be completely empty yeah you know it's it's really crazy to think about but um this new record from Bring Me is so fucking cool because it's like really electronic. Like they're not trying to hide that shit. Like a lot of songs, there's not even that much of guitar anymore. Um, and I mean, we went on at length about, you know, how cool it is for an album to come out from such a heavy metal band that's, you know, progressed over the years and now they've come to really be a pop act. Yeah. It also it also just doesn't sound like it's trying too hard. Like a lot of yeah. stuff, a lot of bands that try and put electronic elements in, it sounds like it's shoehorned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like they've yeah. recorded the album and they've they've been playing it as a band for months, and then the last minute it's like, oh, then they bring a kid in at the end. Sounds to, too empty. Yeah. Throw this in, and it just totally. sounds like layers. No, and I, I was talking to Kezo about it, and he's familiar with one of the guys from the band who is the producer, and he's apparently an incredible fucking producer, and it's just you know he really had his moment to shine, and I think you know with the way that music is going and, you know, the the kind of musical climate that we're in right now, especially in the UK. Um, and, you know, just the way that the band has progressed over the years, this, will, this was the inevitable path that they were going to be led on. Yeah. Um, and it's really cool for me to be able to listen to a Bring Me the Horizon album with my wife who doesn't listen to metal and she, like, on first listen, was a fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? And like for me as a fan since like album one, to be able to have like kind of grown as a fan with them from being just like the fucking singings for pussies, you know? <laughs> oh, what do you mean? <laughs> it is, Rob. No, singing is for fucking pussies. Yeah, I knew it. Yeah. Um, but no, the, to come from like the days of like, you know, only guttural screaming vocals in any of the bands that I really listened to all the way to now where it's like, these like really you know well crafted pop records that still have a bit of edge to them um it's really fucking cool yeah and it doesn't you know it doesn't sound too pop it doesn't sound too metal it is really kind of uh perfect how they've come back um and i think cuz bands have been sort of and rock and metal and stuff has sort of 
been seen as dead for so long, it, it actually does sound new, which is which is cool. Yeah, it's definitely reviving it to an extent as well. Just bringing, I guess, not largely guitar-based music, but you know, at least it's bringing that kind of you know subgenre back a bit. So should we? Round off and, and play the fucking music. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, I'll, I'll shut up now. Gracing us with your time. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad we got to. Uh, you know what? Next time I come in, we'll do a project from scratch on on the show. Yeah, and we'll live yeah. stream it. Let's I was it. thinking. Yeah, we were thinking of doing it this time, but it would just be it would have been too messy. We needed some preparation. Yeah, yeah. It would have just ended up being fart sounds. Yeah. Yeah. I All mean right. that. I mean, I. You know, we could just here. How, what does this do? Boom, boom. We so, made a song. Someone remix that and send it in as well. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right, this is uh, Medicine, Bring Me to the Horizon. Some people are a lot like clouds, you know. Because life's so much brighter when they go. You rained on my heart for far too long. Couldn't see the thunder for the storm. Because I cut my teeth and bit my tongue. Till my mouth is dripping blood But I never dished a dirt, just held my breath While you dragged me through the mud I don't know why I tried to save you Cause I can't save you from yourself When all you give a shit about is everybody else
clouds, you know Cause life's so much brighter when they go